from new friends. How many of us? We smile at each other. If I can be honest. To um, more lower level teams losing, but then like one winning in a really weird way. If it happened in the Eastern Conference of the USL this week, or is a Kanye West song? Um, I, I had you covered. Uh, this is uh, this is episode twenty five of Eastern Conference Confidential, uh, the first, the best, and the only podcast about the the Eastern Conference of the USL. Uh, joined by uh, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, even when he forgets to record, he's oh. wavy. <laughs> it hurts. Phil, Phil uh, how, how you doing again, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. Um, good. And good. Really glad to have us all together tonight. This is good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he blew up my spot, but uh, the USL Stats Department, Ryan Allen's back. This is great. Hello. To use a different quote than I did Please. in our previous unheard yeah. recording to quote the blues brothers for getting the band back hey, together <laughs> and uh, we didn't talk over you this time and i'm gonna know we what i said which yes. which is uh ryan it is so good to have you um you know it's good to be yeah, back man every time you know we talked and i listened to your podcast without me this last week and every time you talked you had something real solid legit to talk about and i, I just wondered Man, what what was Thank it you. like for people listening to us without you? Because everything you bring is like, you, you have solid information and we're just kind of talking. We need you to back us up with some <laughs> solid stuff, man. Good to have you back. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Um, I, I'll, I'll kind of go, uh, you know, in, in the beautiful Game Network of podcast, of which this is a part of, I, I did it again. Uh, Onion Subs, Mongols, uh, Backchat, Rising is One out in the West. Uh, who else we got? Uh, there's there's tons. There's too many for me to name at this Tornado point. Honestly. Alley. Tornado Alley. Hi Raj. Hey Raj. Um. So there's a there's a kind of a, a, a theory or I guess kind of a practice in in uh, mostly comedy, but I think it applies to podcasting too. And that there'll be a there'll be a straight man, which is the guy uh, who. <laughs> how ironic is it that I'm supposed to be that for this show? Um. No, I'm hung up on that. Anyway, hi, Kurt. Uh, but um, it's the guy that's supposed to kind of tie everything back in together. And um, I always thought of myself as that guy just because I'm kind of the one that controls everything and, you know, read off all the scores and all that nonsense. It's actually Ryan. It's not me at all. If it was just me and Phil every week, we'd talk for three hours about nothing and our opinions wouldn't matter because we wouldn't have any stats to back them up. <laughs> Nor would we have show notes on which to lead into other things. No so, kidding. Um, that rant. Uh, I just get based off of results on USL score page. Well, that's you know. Sometimes foot mop. Sometimes foot mop. That's that for scores Break out there. Out. Break it out. Um. Anyway, let's talk the week that was uh, week twenty in the United Soccer League. Uh, some east meets what? Some east meets west in here too. Excited for that. However, uh, the Baby Bulls two, Rochester Rhinos one. Um. Yeah, I, really, the story is that there was two, three match bans at the end of this one. Um, Can, you know, I didn't see that. What was that like? Was it just crazy play, or did something actually happen? Like, obviously not a foot to the back, but... Hey, oh, Carl, I miss you. <laughs> I said it. Um, That's fine, that's fine. We have to, every so often. Um, <laughs> hi, Mike. Uh, no... <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, do you know? Because I don't, I don't know either, and now I'm, I'm frantically trying to figure out what happened. 
I mean, I can go back through and watch the YouTube stream. All right, great. You you do um, that. And then I... Violent conduct for uh, the band. I'll talk about some other things. Um, So uh, Aaron Besseljevich gets the first. Stefano Bonomo gets the second. And then Walfall gets the, uh, the, the, you know, pullback goal in the 70th on a a penalty kick. Um, I I think, I guess the, the big thing, you know, 29 to 21 tackles with Rochester having the most of those. Um, and I think anytime you get that many tackles in a game, something like that's bound to happen. Uh, Phil, I don't know if that's kind of been your experience, but you know, after a certain point when a game gets kind of chippy, you go, you know, you can kind of feel a red card coming, right? Without a doubt. Hopefully and, you feel it coming and it's not a surprise. That's where it's not good. But, you know, it seems like with right. the stats here, it, it was it was coming. Right, Everyone knew right. it. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. So it was um, pushing and shoving mm. after um, one really hard tackle. Uh, both players were separated. They're bringing both to it. I think here's the red card. Yeah, so this is all just in my personal lifetime. But I think that's the gist of it. There was pushing and shoving after it. And it's to be expected with a match that has you know, so many tackles of a 29-21 lead in Rochester's favor. And all of these matches last year were either 1-1 or a 0-0 draw between the two sides. So to see a result winner here is shocking. And Rochester is one of the more disciplined sides here in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Canardo Forbes, Arnba Slavic were both the two players that were handed the three-match bans for violent conduct during mm-hmm. the match. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting, you know, with Rochester in a playoff spot to lose Canardo Forbes for, uh, well, two more games now, I guess. Um, it'll be interesting to see, because they have a decent-sized lead on on, uh, on Bethlehem, I think, currently, but, you know, that can... Uh, we've seen those playoff spots switch hands so many times now, I don't think anything's a, a, a done deal with this Yeah, game. I mean, I personally... We can talk... List later in the episode, I personally think the top seven is pretty much set. Rochester currently has a five-point lead over Bethlehem at the moment and a eight-point lead over the New York Red Bulls in eighth. As Rochester currently sits in fifth at the edge of being or of hosting a playoff spot, is and they're currently tied with Louisville for that playoffs. Yeah, uh, and I'd be remorse not to bring up my good idea from our previous recording. Please. That even with the 582 attendance for New York Red Bulls, I am a proponent of thinking that they should move to Atlantic City and start a rivalry with the new recently born Las Vegas franchise. Love yep. it. It's it's still seriously it's still one good. of your best ideas ever. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Br- and I think, like I said before, I think Reno well. should be involved as well. Uh, yeah. It'd be a real good uh, kind of a a derby for everyone to kind of enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Why? USL, if you're listening. Las Vegas can play 34 home games. Every person would travel yep. to Vegas yep. for the match. Jake, you know you want it. Make it happen. <laughs> not, not Evans. Not, not Evans. Uh, Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll specify. Um, anyway, moving on from there. Speaking of, of uh, not everything's kind of set in stone yet. Toronto FC two, one, the uh, the incredibly. Handicapped. I think this was a you know what conspiracy theory. Uh, Charleston Battery didn't score one one nil. Toronto FC two win. However, I think Toronto FC two got their hands on some Canadian um, 
customs uniforms and and <laughs> did not allow Romario Williams or Michael Chang as well as O'Brien Woodbine into the country uh, and and severely handicapped the Charleston Battery and they were very sorry about it after but um, oh, Toronto well gets, gets the win thank you thank you I liked it uh, thank you wow all right Ryan has a better idea about a Vegas team and an Atlantic City team but I get applause because I said sorry um, it's kind of it's kind of messed up only. there right. Eh? Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit. Working <laughs> out, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, before everyone in Canada hates us, um, yeah, you know, like, so it's a win because Toronto won, but I don't think they would have beat Charleston if Charleston had, like, the half of their roster that they're missing here. If we're looking at the previous fixture between the two sides, Charleston beat Toronto 6-1. <laughs> so this fixture, on paper, is not even close. I mean, even in the shot battle, Charleston won 9-4 and 5-2 in shots on target. I'm, you know, Mikhail Chang and Romario Williams have 18-39 goals for the battery this year. That's 46% of their team. So on paper, this match isn't even close between the two sides. No, it's not. And and what ended up happening, this is that game where the goalkeeper launched it long, and um, I think it was a free kick, actually. It wasn't from the box, but he launched it long, and and the ball Mm. kind of bounced for a second and uh, went right into the goal. Um, And I remember our good friend Jonathan Ace from Black and Yellow Post being extremely angry about that. I mean, the guy was really mad that night about what happened, thinking it should have been a foul on the goalkeeper. a lot of collisions right there when it happens. Yeah. So yeah. Um, also, Romario Williams and Mikel Chang are responsible for their 18 goals are more than Toronto's 13 on the year. <laughs> In fact, they're tied with St. Louis for 18. No, as well. you were supposed to not you mention it. Had to bring it. that one up. Um, <laughs> I cringe rough. every no, time I, you start if it bringing makes that you feel up. any better. They're tied with Portland, and they are more than Richmond. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's sounds about right. Uh, no, I, I will say, like, it's funny. Well, it's not – okay, now it's funny because it's been, like, a week, and I think it's funny that um, that Ace got that mad because if you've ever interacted with that guy, he doesn't do that. He's very kind of even keel. Um, and uh, as, as, far as, as far as the foul goes or lack thereof, I see kind of both sides of the coin on that one just because I think, you know, in, in today's uh, – time and age in soccer, you know, protecting the goalkeeper is a big deal just because they're a lot more vulnerable and, and, you know, easily, you know, can, can ragdoll off of kicks like that. Um, so yeah, maybe it should have been a foul, but on the other end, I think there was a lot of moving parts in there that the referee, you know, didn't see or couldn't see in terms of, uh, you know, players backing up into the keeper and the keeper kind of coming out and, and tabletopping the defenders. So, um, Phil, I know we were talking about it, and you said that if it's a tie, just don't make the call, and that is uh, what Ties go what to happened. the runner. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a fluky win, but a win nonetheless for, for the Junior Reds. Counts, and, the you know, the win before that. I don't know if we're going to talk about that tonight. We're not. It was last week. Yeah. Uh, the win before that was actually a legit win for Toronto. Um, yes. They looked good, and so they were kind of the talk of the town um, the last week, and, and even this week with the win against Charleston, mm-hmm. you know, that lower division team, or lower in the standings, rather, mm-hmm. uh, doing well suddenly. So let's yeah. see what they can keep going or if they go back to what we all think of them as. Well, and uh, we're, we're not quite it, done with them yet either, uh, but we'll, we'll move on and, and come back to that. All right. Uh, uh, another week, another really interesting discussion about the Hounds to be had. Uh, 
If you'd like a full version of that, you can go listen to Mongols, where they have yet another really interesting podcast about what the what the hell their team's supposed to be. Uh, they drew Richmond this week, 1-1. Uh, Raul Gonzalez in the 65th minute for Richmond. They probably last year would have finished this off easy at that point. But uh, Stephen Okai gets a, a goal in the 82nd minute. Um, I will say... The fact that they're not getting goals from Kevin Kerr, who's looked great in the last couple of weeks, and Corey Herzog, who has disappeared, is is troubling. Um, as well as the fact that, that Kay Banjo is no longer the super sub that he was, and Romeo Parks is also kind of MIA. Um, they have a game against Harrisburg this weekend that might help him out a little bit in terms of confidence, but we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, I guess any initial thoughts from you guys on, on the state of the hounds as well as the, the Richmond kickers getting the, a point. Something I would like to kind of ask them is, is this just all of their, you know, all of their quality attackers that they do have all going kind of bad at once? Or is this, you know, they did talk recently on the Mongols podcast a couple of weeks ago about, um, is this like organizational problems in, in general? And mm. so, you know, mm. is, is the team just feeling that and kind of giving up? It's, it's hard to say. You know, the coach yeah. was brought in there for more professionalism, as they've said. So, um, I don't know. What, how does that strike you guys? Because it really – I think it's a little too much for all four of those guys to go a little, go a little um, you know, light cool. on, on the scoring. Yeah. Mm. Especially with Kevin Kerr and Corey Hartsock, two of the most leading scorers. Like, if there was a USL fantasy team, Corey Hartsock <laughs> would be one of my Seriously? picks for that team because of a reliable scoring. There, I mean, I just drafted my fantasy – my Premier League fantasy team. He – I'd go as far to say he'd be within that top best 11 for the Eastern Conference as a scoring mm, team. Mm. Completely and agree. So I, I just, it's going through a cold stretch. I'm On paper, it seems like Rich, or sorry, not Richmond, Pittsburgh should have won this match. They were up 12-6 in t- shot totals, 5-4 in shots on target. They led possession 56-44. to 44. In fact, in their past 11 matches, Richmond have only scored more than one goal in one match and Sorry, Evan, that was the one they ended up defeating you guys 3-2. But I think Mongol has brought up a really good article they have talking about a clear path Mm -hmm. for the Riverhounds to become a perennial contender is to keep Dave Brandt as the head coach, and they cited a lot uh, that the reasons why the Battery and Pittsburgh Steelers, to use another hometown example, have been so good is that they've stuck with Mm -hmm. coaches Mm -hmm. for a while. And I completely agree if you can keep with the manager there is more consistency year to year you have a system that you can teach and implant into into, students into players on the team so it basically it becomes a more reliable system than if you changed it up each year much like the cleveland browns do as referred to in the article i think it's a really good thing to say and that article was extremely good and they had yep. me sold by the end of that mm-hmm. by the end of that podcast i mean i was 100 percent with them and um you know i think i think there's proof that it that it was working because you know we we talked so much about when they kind of changed their style up for a few games like sure it was worth trying out and and they kind of it kind of stopped working so they went back to what was normal and the proof or the um i don't know maybe the proof that i see is that that it's working is that they do have like their style they have a look to them 
and when they do it well, it works. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. that's that's something St. Louis can't claim is that they have a strong style too, and it just sure. hasn't worked yet. So um, I completely agree. And they're trying to build something from the bottom up. They're God help them, they're trying. And so that's the sort of thing that takes a long time anyway. So, you know, if you're trying to get that coach out of there this soon and you're trying to build a long-term plan, I mean, I'm 100% with Mongols. And I thought, again, that article was really good. And I, I think the other thing, too, you know, because because um, Mike has been so kind of um, appreciative, I guess, or, or you know, um, humbled by – the fact that, you know, Red Bull 2 or, you know, his his big example is that Bethlehem Steel is able to play, you know, four teenagers against them and get a draw. Um, Columbus Crew SC has given them a huge help um, in partnering up with, with the Riverhounds Academy itself. Um, and, and I think we don't really know what that relationship is going to be. I will say that I don't think it's going to be the crew coming in and poaching Riverhounds Academy guys. Um, I, I really think they're going to try to make it so that, you know, the Hounds Academy for the, for the boys gets better. Um, and, you know, the crew kind of give the Hounds Academy coaches a, a, a style. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, you know, does it turn into, well, you know, the crew play different from Brant, so Brant has to change a little bit, maybe. Um, but See, I, I agree in that you don't want to change your coach right now. There's right. no point. And, and actually, that almost worries me a little bit. You know, I don't want – I don't know. I like I like Coach Brandt and I like the style. I like all that stuff. And I don't want Columbus to come screw it up. Even if they're not fiddling with the USL team, they're going to be mm-hmm. influencing how the, the bottom kids play. But, and like I said, they're trying to build something up from the bottom. It's an affiliation. I don't want them coming up to Pittsburgh MLS, and having this MLS totally different style of play, these different sets of, of um, skills. Um, mm. messing up that whole system even if they are more quality players in in other ways um so hopefully hopefully there's some oversight and someone controlling mm. all of that and and working together uh, but i i'm completely with you though and with mongols those guys were worried about their players being poached i think i'm i'm more worried about you know style change and, and uh, cohesiveness in in the yep. entire system again between columbus and pittsburgh it's an affiliation it's not a direct MLS one, MLS yeah. two things. So, the, again, with Lonies, Pittsburgh doesn't have to play them. I believe is how the deal works. Do you, I'm not entirely sure on that, but it, Columbus doesn't dictate how Pittsburgh play their right. matches. Right, right, not at all. Um, and I, you know, I I understand the the hesitation, Phil, but I I do think that for an academy that at least from from being told secondhand has trouble with producing, you know, males that even reach the college level in terms of getting scholarships, which is another, mm. you know, big draw and a big selling point for academies. Having, a, a, you know, another organization that you're already familiar with, that your, your, your academy is already familiar with, in a, in a way, in terms of, you know, hey, there's kind of a path for you, um, that can at least teach your kids the basics a little better is huge Um, because if we're talking about from the bottom the bottom is being able to play simply really well yeah that's that's definitely i think i agree with both you guys i think maybe that's 
that's looking a little bit too far into it. I think there's probably enough separation there, and and how much harm can they do maybe at that right. lux, uh, low right. of a level? Yeah. Right. From there, um, Louisville City has not had a good couple weeks. Uh, they lose to the Charlotte Independence. Actually, this this was a, a good game. Um, three one to the Independence. Enzo Martinez uh, goes off, has a hat trick, with uh, with Mark Anthony K. In the 48th minute. Although um, Enzo Martinez did one of my favorite things in soccer, in which you celebrate too hard after you score your third goal and get sent <laughs> off. Um, great. So uh, his team wins, but he's not on the field to see it out. Um, oh, I love it so hard. Yep. Anyway, Ryan, Ryan talks stats. Make it, make it the do. So Enzo Martinez with the hat trick with more well, there is to say I still maintain that he is the best player on Charlotte this year. With Charlotte they have or Louisville led possession for this match fifty eight point three to forty one point seven and Louisville even led shots here thirteen point seven and five three in shots. I think the big thing thing that spoke about here was Charlotte have thirty five clearances on the night compared to Louisville's only four and the independence on beaten streak is now sitting at eleven, their last time they were or that they lost was against Louisville on June 7th 60 or at the time I wrote the statue or at the time I wrote the statute here it was 64 days ago but that was like a few days ago when I created the statute so they've been unbeaten for a long time and one of the reasons why I think they're very much safe for a home playoff game very much so um it's so funny to look back and think they were people were like are they real back you know, four weeks ago, and even yeah. as, as as lately as like two weeks ago, people mm. are like, "This is gonna self, this is gonna autocorrect itself." You know, but right, right, man, right. these guys are so legit, and and you know they're defending well. They got a talented guy up top. They're just not making the mistakes. I still stick to that. I think that's exactly what they're doing, and they're doing it right. I mean, props yeah. to them doing I, it right. I will say on the on the other end of that, if you look at Louisville, in their last five. It was a, a draw against Charleston, lost to Cincinnati. Phil, I'm sorry, they beat St. Louis, uh, beat New York Red Bull too, and they lost to Charlotte, which doesn't sound too bad. But if you factor in, um, well, in current standing, they uh, they didn't get a win, well, against the team that was in the playoffs until Red Bull actually made their way up to eighth this this weekend. <laughs> um, so a draw, a loss. Uh, and, and a win uh, so it's four out of a possible nine for Louisville uh, their goal differential is great at plus 11 um, I don't think they're going to you know drop out to Red Bull or anything who have you know um, was that three more games played in Louisville and, and a negative nine right now I don't think Red Bull's safe in the playoffs at all um, but you got to wonder you know if Louisville get in they're going to be in a decent seed uh, but I don't know if they're going to be able to beat any of these teams that are around them right now because um, right now they play Rochester, and that's a tricky one. It is. And, and last, when they were in St. Louis, um, you know, a week and a half ago, I think, the, they were down six players, and they got or four players, and they have a pretty light roster already. Mm-hmm. So that may be part of it. Again, part of the lot, light roster might mean there's not much rotation there, um, meaning these guys could be getting tired at this point in the season, which we've talked about. So. All things to kind of keep an eye on. Maybe try to figure out what the uh, injury list is there, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know try to keep an eye on that throughout the season here. 
yeah. Uh, from there, oh boy, what this this is this was a match. This was fun. I want this to be a playoff match. Uh, it's it, yeah, it might happen. Um, probably not though. Still, still okay. Still still Cincinnati two. Besides me, correct. Orlando City, who cannot stop drawing for, to save their they're they're basically like uh, like <laughs> Walt Disney. They just can't stop drawing. Two <laughs> uh, two. I think Disney moved to computer All right, animation, well, so they did this, stop drawing. That's great. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, <laughs> getting shut down by Ryan. Man, can you just like just let me let me get one? You know, one time. <laughs> One time, uh, Kyle, Kyle, Greg in the in the six minute. Hey, congratulations! You're having a baby, by the way. Congratulations. Um, I, 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 for people that might not have seen that, he he did the celebration where he put the ball in your in your shirt and then suck in your thumb, which means that you're expecting. Um, before anyone accuses me of being best friends with Kyle Greg, which if he would like to be, um, I'll send you an application. <laughs> um. Anyway, Austin Martz scores in the 14th for Orlando. And then Haji Berry, 55th minute. And you go, ah, Cincinnati lose to Orlando City B. And Danny Koenig gets a, gets a, a goal in stoppage time. So they do not. Um, yeah, Orlando City kind of has Cincinnati's number, which is interesting because I know another MLS2 team that kind of has Cincinnati's number. Um. I'll, I'll never let them live that down. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you uh, would you, anyone else like to talk about this game? No, I mean the fact that Cincinnati scored so late um, yes. and Orlando let that go by. If you know, if Orlando had a million fans, they'd be really, really mad at them right now. But I imagine Cincinnati fans having such a good month, you know, or yep. couple of months in the Open Cup, um, are happy to get a 90 minute plus two. Uh, goal to draw at home you know so whatever I, I think is this the game though or what game led to oh no that was the last open cup because I know uh, GB's not going to be around for the next open cup game so yeah that was that was the last open cup he got the the yellow card in that one um, that'll, that'll be, I think that dooms them if I'm honest they're not going <laughs> to like to hear that but um and it sounds like Red Bulls are going after that, but more on that later. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah let's uh, Anyway, moving on from there. Um, Ottawa Fury 1, Bethlehem Steel 2. They actually gave the own goal back to Tucker Hume, which is ridiculous because I watched it a bunch of times on replay, and there's no way that that's on frame. Um, anyway, it's an, it's an Austin trusty own goal in the seventh minute. Hume kind of hits it, ricochets off Trust's leg, and, and goes in the back of the net. Uh, Chris Nanko in the 66 minute with a with the beauty of a strike, and then uh, Santi Moore gets a, gets some scraps off of a, a kind of broken down play, um, and Tomas Romero becomes the youngest goalkeeper in USL history at 16 years and however many days to uh, to win a game. So, um, well done, well done, the kid, and uh, Bethlehem get a huge three points here on the road in a comeback victory against uh, Ottawa Fury. I liked uh, what you were talking about in the last episode about Austin Trusty and how they're using him a little bit out wide from time to time. I thought that was interesting. So something to keep tabs on if you like to follow the national team. Yeah, yeah. He um, moved back to center with, with Hugh for this game. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, this weekend up in, in Goodman. Um, 
and I know you know the, the the union first team itself is way too many center backs and and not enough fullbacks really. So um, we'll see. I don't know. I like him better under center. Um, Bethlehem looking move. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's got he's got he's weirdly athletic. Uh, Bethlehem looking good for the playoffs. This is weird. I I I'm not used to this. Um. And who would have thought yeah, they'd be a, a point behind Cincinnati with two games in hand? Love it. Keep it going. They're in top seven, which is what I consider to be pretty much safety for the for the teams that are currently safe for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly. I. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just. I'll just. I'll just I think I Don't think we can touch it. on that more when we start when we do the listener questions later yes. because I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's we'll, in that we'll, same conversation. That'll be a, a big chunk of of, uh, of what we got. So let's kind of blast through these here. Tampa Bay three, Harrisburg nil. Actually, um, Matt at Unused Subs uh, gave this gave their episode about this game a listen, um, and I, I think this kind of sums up everything you need to know about this game. He said, you know. A lot of people, ourselves included, actually, um, asked him in episodes that have never aired because we lost the audio, you know, what they were expecting the USL to be like compared to the NASL. And he said that this game was what they were expecting the USL to be like every week. And they just dominate. No one really kind of contests them, and they just blow through. Um, It hasn't quite been that easy for him, but this game certainly was – it was definitely a routine Tampa yep. Bay win. I mean, in the goals go to Nell Collins in the 15th, Martin Patterson in the 73rd, Walter Restrepo coming from New York Cosmos in the 90th, and also a former Union and Steel player for you, Evan. Rowdy's won the shot better, 12-5, 6-2 in shots on target. Matt Pickens with his 100th appearance on the night, and a really awesome TFO from Ralph's mob. So all around, just a pretty solid win for Tampa. No real complaints. So can I say, too, that's a really yes. cool take that I haven't heard before, that what you said about uh, what they said about uh, blowing through USL <laughs> yeah. and all that. I, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm repeating my fault. But they, um, I thought the same thing was going to happen, to be honest with you. I thought NASL sure. was that much better. And when I watched Cincinnati and FC Miami, that was... Football manager thinks so. Yeah. That's what sold me, though, is that, you know, I, I thought... I don't know. If anything, they were kind of close, but I was really impressed that Cincinnati handled them as, as well as they did. Especially so, away. Yeah, exactly. Especially away. I, I mean, I was away. pretty worried about it, but yep. it looked really good. So I think maybe, 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 maybe USL and NASL aren't aren't that far apart. I don't know. It's 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 so hard to compare the two because it's it's different leagues with different mentalities, different ownership, all that all that kind of stuff. Um and we, we don't really get as many USL versus NASL matchups in the Open Cup that I would that, that I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were kind of going blow for blow in terms of the amount of teams well, that they had. Well, I think the NASL had. needs to have more teams so That's they can fair. even yeah. match up with the USL. That's really fair. For, yeah. 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 No, but uh, they were going blow for blow in terms of you know how many teams they had, which is kind of impressive given that the NASL is nine teams in the tournament. Um, so you know that's kind of the only measuring stick we have right now. And they were they were getting close, and obviously, like you said, Cincinnati beating Miami in Miami um, 
especially that they had to travel down a second time as well was was huge um yeah phil uh you do you want to you want to talk about this one you guys played smoke park and you drew <laughs> Yeah, I think the only the only positive to take out of this is that Swope's on a pretty good run. Uh, they don't have any losses in the last several games, and uh, or maybe they had one in the last four or five games. But they're they're looking good, and this is what Swope kind of does. They improve throughout the season. Um, St. Louis handled them hard in preseason, which absolutely meant nothing. But man, Swope looked very much under St. Louis that early in the year, and uh, obviously they're probably better right now because at, at St. Louis is at home, 0-0 zero, zero draw. Um, the only thing to say, though, is that Guzman missed a PK in the 64th mm-hmm. minute. So that's, you know, is that pathetic? No, but it's unlikely and extremely unfortunate for a guy like me. Um, but, you know. Both teams had 100% tackle accuracy. It's incredible. It's unusual, too, because, you know, St. Louis is... Uh, Mostly that hangs around the 70s or 80s. Yeah. St. Louis's midfielders will, will throw a little extra into a few here and there, so I'm a little surprised at that, but take it. Yeah. Um, and then moving on, we uh, we got out early this week with a, a very weird Tuesday night fixture. I was actually at this game on the City Island, um, caught up with, oh, with Chris Bratton, uh, finally met him. Um Harrisburg nil, Rochester won in a game that for my colorblind boyfriend was nearly impossible to watch other than their shorts were completely different colors, so it worked out. Um, They were both wearing camo, and it was like different colors, but the same shade, and if you're colorblind, the shade matters more than the colors, obviously. Um, Anyway, former uh, Philadelphia Union Academy member Darius Madison got the only goal off of a uh, a set piece. Harrisburg uh, can't buy a win and there was most certainly not 2078 people there but that's nice it's what the usl page oh i know said. if it was without that uh, i take it as yeah cold. it's uh no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding anyway um yeah harrisburg uh in the last five two draws three losses so uh, oh and they can't score that's a big thing they can't yeah. score no wheeler no ribiero there's the They've been shut out more often than they have scored in matches that's this really year. Upsetting. And and I'll tell you what, it's it's because they're a team that's built for a target man, and they currently don't have any target men on their roster. It's really bizarre. Any healthy target men, excuse me. Yeah, I, the season's done for them. It has to be. 23 games played, 24 points, negative 11 goal differential. They can't score for anything. Um... I think it's, I mean, you could go as far to say Richmond, Toronto, and Harrisburg are the only ones that you could probably write off in the the East this year, or so far. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) You may be throwing St. Louis into that. (laughs) No, well, hold on. Anything can happen. Harrisburg still have 21 points left to earn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. We got to... Uh, Speaking of Toronto FC2, I told you we weren't done with them. They score twice. The Independents score twice. Uh, basically, Jordan Hamilton ties the Charlotte Independence. Um, yeah. Is this the Donnie game Smith I was watching? This is the, the game you were one? watching. It is this one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Toronto's goals were good. Uh, the team looked pretty good. Guys making plays. 
Yeah, a lot of it was Jordan still Hamilton. like individual effort. We've talked about that before, but yep. still, it was it was good to see. If I was the coach of Toronto or the GM of, of the senior team, I'd be happy to see those guys doing what they were doing. Yep. I would make the permanent move to BMO instead of playing in Vaughn if this is how they play in <laughs> yeah. every match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jordan Hamilton's a former or a former Wilmington Hammerhead product scored in the 49th and 90 plus two minutes to earn the draw. Toronto lead Charlotte, who also and the independents lead the conference right now. 18, 11 in shots and six four in shots on target. Twelve of which come within the box. It's good stuff. I mean, it's hard to argue how Toronto played flawlessly for this match and still come away with a point here. I mean, silver lining is, I guess, with they they couldn't get mm-hmm. three. And I seriously saw like three to five people, which is a lot for USL, being like, hey, T2, I see you. Like, they were, man, they did really good. They had a great game. Yeah. Hopefully it's not the only one. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so far it is, right? I think we can right. all agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, outside their wins or outside their results against Ottawa, I think this is probably their best yeah. one. Their, their problem, honestly... They're so bad outside of the province. Charleston won. Charleston won. Um, they're just they're just so bad on the road. One nine and two away, hmm. and they're like three three and four at home, something like that. Um, yeah, it's one of the lowest away totals. I mean, that's conference. incredibly poor. Um, Tampa is actually struggles with the away totals as well, but they. <laughs> yeah, they make they make up for it in, in many ways. Um, They're the best home team in the conference. And then Phil, back over to you. You guys, uh, you guys really like playing the Western Conference last <laughs> no. couple of games. It's almost like you yeah. were like there last year or something. I don't know. Right, um, right. <laughs> and we're right there on the border. It's really yeah. cool to have these cross conference games. It'd be cool if if St. Louis was like mid table and doing well to kind of gauge how East is doing versus West. But yes. Unfortunately, it's not a good gauge of, of, of uh, how each side is doing. But um, to continue that thought before I, I get a little bit more positive, um, I have to throw this stat out that I read that um, a local guy, I, I can't remember, I think his name's Jason Mills. Um, he does actually an SB Nation site for the Blues, the hockey team, the Blues okay, in St. Really? Louis. Interestingly enough, but he likes soccer a lot and he'll throw stuff in here and there. He's really good at sarcasm. And. Uh, he definitely threw the stat out there that was that St. Louis in the regular season has scored 18 goals in 20 games, and three of those are own goals. One of that was scored at, at the game in Tulsa here. So that's like, it's really bad. That's really really bad. I you know talking before the the we started recording this podcast, I was like, man, I think that's I read that and I said I think I threw the towel in for St. Louis, but. Um, I'm getting a little... 16.67% with those own goals of the yeah, 18. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 16% of our goals are own goals. That's so incredibly sad. Um, but hearing about Harrisburg's struggles, you know, listening to Mongols Weekly, um, you know, Ryan, you said how many points are possible throughout the rest of the season? For Harrisburg, they still have 21 left to earn. The only thing that's guaranteed for them is that they will not earn the supporter shield as Real Monarchs still have 48 and the max for Harrisburg's 45. Yeah, so St. Louis is at 20 games. Uh, some teams have played 23, some have played 19. So St. Louis has a pretty good chance to gain a lot on the Islanders and the Riverhounds. They just got to get their stuff well, together, and they're not and, showing it. It's not happening. 
Phil, even you know, I, I mean, I have. The, I'm looking at the standings right in front of me. You're a win, a draw, and some help away from being an eighth right now. Yeah, and yeah, that's the other you know? lucky thing so, is that eighth is only three points away. Yes, so. uh, I, I think we have a we have a Twitter question we'll get to about that one. Um, wrapping it up, uh, guys. Any, um, I guess let's just just talk about your match of the week. I suppose, Ryan. So I'm going to pick my match of the week as Charleston hosting the New York Red Bulls. I think this is a perfect opportunity for both sides. A, for Charleston right now, they can halt this six-match winless skid of since then and basically kind of refine their footing within the conference and at least reestablish themselves as a legitimate threat to Charlotte instead of going down towards second and third and just battling with Louisville and Tampa for here. And also that New York Red Bulls is one of the few sides, Pittsburgh included as well, to have legitimately beaten the battery mm-hmm. this year. And I think that's something that could potentially be repeated this week. So, And even with Tampa this week, or not Tampa, even with the New York Red Bulls, if they can win and results go their way with Bethlehem, they can find themselves up into seventh and completely crash this playoff picture and say, hey, we'll... We're the best of everyone else. We're likely to make a return and try and defend our title in the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all about it's all about getting there at this point. Yeah. Uh, Phil, your your match of the week. I just can't, as a St. Louis fan, um, I cannot move away from that Harrisburg Pittsburgh game because um, that's exactly where I'm watching. If I'm a St. Louis and all this, also if I'm from Ottawa and Orlando and New York, I'm watching that game because yeah, at yeah. 24 points, um, the winner could tie for I eight. I'd say a draw is that best result. A draw is the best result for everyone around them, except for Harrisburg and Pittsburgh. Um, but, you know, a win gets them up into the playoff area generally. Uh, a draw. If New York Red Bulls lose to Charleston, a win would get the winner of that match up to eighth place if Orlando City B loses to Richmond or at least draws. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's just going to shake things up a little bit in this middle of the table here, middle low part of the table right yep. around the playoff line. So that's a good one to watch. Uh, I, I will add on. Um, it's an old guard shield match. It's a Keystone Derby match. They're missing a team. I know. Don't worry. <laughs> um, They're missing the best team. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm well aware. Don't worry. Um, no, and, and it's interesting. Um, Kiesel Broom uh, is going in for wrist surgery or had it, so he's out for the rest of the season. So the Pittsburgh Riverhounds have continued to sign people that played for Bethlehem Steel last year and picked up Matt Perella, who um, was last seen with New Jersey Copa FC in the NPSL, almost won the Golden Glove there. I don't think he starts. I think Trey Mitchell's healthy, so they'll go with him. Um, we'll see how that looks with the with, with Trey in, in that Um I don't see Pittsburgh having a problem winning here, even though they're away. Uh, That being said, my match of the week is Louisville versus Cincinnati. Um, I talked about it a little bit earlier, said that Louisville's having some trouble beating playoff teams, including Cincinnati, and here's a chance for them to to shut me up. They can can move up to realistically as high as second, really, if they score a bunch here. and, you know, on top of that, they help themselves out a little bit. But if Cincinnati doesn't get any points and Bethlehem gets, you know, three, that's that's huge, too. Um, a lot of moving parts. I'm sure we'll talk about that. And then Cincinnati just – or Cincinnati can only maintain six yep. plays unless Bethlehem, unless they were to lose and Bethlehem were to win. 
Yeah, uh, you know, a, a game for both those teams, a, a kind of a, a letter of intent, if you will. Uh, you know, Cincinnati gets a win over Louisville. They kind of more legitimize themselves. And, um, you know, for Louisville to win, they, they show that they can beat playoff teams, um, which they're, you know, going to need to do if they want to make it farther. It's also a rematch of the playoff series from last year in which Louisville won. So, hmm. um, yeah, you know, uh, touching on, on some news, um, FC Cincinnati and New York Red Bulls, <laughs> nope, proper in the Open Cup semifinal on August 15th. Uh, the winner will, will travel to, uh, yeah, in Nippert. They sold that out in like a three hours if their phones worked better it would have been like 10 minutes huge surprise uh, in both ways right like first of all that it was at nipper yeah. no surprise there right for no, some reason no, no 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 also no surprise that it sold out sur- those those no. fans you knew they were yeah. going to show up i think the bigger surprise would be if espn chooses to show it or not because then i mean they've been showing a lot of hardcore arm wrestling <laughs> Right it's true it's no, true they're not or showing maybe they would choose that they're not showing it i listened to the cincy sport. soccer talk and they talked to gosh i'm blanking on the gm's name right now birdman jeff birdin birding goodness gracious jeff so, bird person yeah, yeah exactly he <laughs> said no it's Freaking not going to be on espn but it mm. will be shown somewhere we don't know where yet so okay i thought they're that talking was about surprising it. fox sports one I wish. BN Sports. uh, Um, Anyway. BN Sports. uh, Sure. Speaking of uh, of Red Bull, uh, Vincey Bez, as I call him, we're best friends. Now, Vincent Bezicourt signs with the first team, um, which is going to suck for Red Bull, too, because, you know, he was like half their offense. But uh, good on him getting called up. That's kind of. He led the team in chances, and. I thought this was pretty much inevitable that he'd be called up to the, the Red Bull proper side for this. I mean, and he he is easily one of the best players on this team, and I'm surprised he stayed down for this long. And I felt like after the playoffs last year, he deserved a spot on the first yeah. team. Maybe in the maybe not in the 18, but at least a spot yeah. up there. It'll be fun to watch him up there. That's one of the best things about following USL teams is, is watching those guys and, and how well they can do up high. Uh, in the first, in the first uh, division, he's uh, uh, Sean O'Coley for NYCFC, yep, for instance. Yep. And you know, Bezicourt's got some friends with with the uh, true the, the Bulls. Um, Allen's there, Mule's there, Etienne's there occasionally. You know, so guys, he's uh, he's familiar with, and I'm sure they they have a similar training regimen to, to Bethlehem, where those guys kind of train with each other, you know, um, all the time anyway. So, and uh, I have to top fit this in, yeah, because uh, I'm a homer. Uh, bang why what there you go what are we saying there you go uh hey birmingham alabama new expansion side in usl god can we please stop please please just stop we can't please stop please stop stop what more soccer's fun no i just listen i i don't want the usl to have like 900 teams they only have 33 Let's, I, man, I, let's, all right. God, uh, sorry, that, 50, one for every that state. made it sound like I'm not happy Birmingham's in. Barrow, Alaska, FC, they're going to win. Mm, yeah, Juno United. Um, no, uh, you know, welcome Birmingham. Happy to have you. 
Can't wait to see what your. Uh... Oh, if you guys are going to tweet out your logo, make sure that it's your logo and not a placeholder for your logo, so that people don't absolutely tore you, tear you apart on Twitter. Great, great. Um, hey guys, uh, a couple hours before we started recording tonight, I uh, I put out a uh, a tweet great. from at ECC Pod, which is our Twitter, the podcast, and I said, hey, who's got questions? A bunch of people had questions. Um, oh, it was awesome. I love it. So we're going to start with uh, with friend of the program, Brian Wago from, from Cincinnati Soccer Talk. Hi, Brian. Um, eight of nine games left after the Louisville City match for FC Cincinnati are against opponents that are lower on the table Absolutely not. than Cincinnati. Uh, his question is, is it too late for a home playoff so- run for the orange and blue? No, no, <laughs> no. Not at all. Not with the competition you have coming up, friends. Yeah, I. You know, Charlotte is that one team they're playing ahead of them. That's away at Charlotte on September 29th. And then the only other team that currently occupies a playoff spot are the Baby Bulls, who they play immediately after their Open Cup fixture against New York Red Bulls on August 19th. And then later on, they host them on September 16th. But everyone past that are not in a playoff spot. It's Ottawa twice. Toronto FC2, St. Louis, Harrisburg, and Pittsburgh as those other victors. So, no, it's not too late to make a playoff run. I think the bigger key is hoping results fall their way mm-hmm. that sites like Louisville, Tampa, Rochester, Charlotte, Charleston all drop points that allow them the chance to move up into My two a initial extra thoughts, extra too, with this were Tampa and Louisville um, most one at risk just being, for being that, closer to you know, them. For the love of God, stay out of disciplinary problems so you can actually keep your your first 11 in for the rest of the season, which perhaps Koch has fixed. Um, They've been better lately. Um, The second one is this, and it is Mm. Cincinnati obviously has a huge benefit of playing at home for all the obvious reasons. The other one is if they see Louisville in Louisville in the playoffs – um, I don't know how good that game's going to go, to be honest with you. So that's some motivation right there to not lose to Louisville again, to try to get that home advantage. Um, normally I would say it's not a big deal, but those two thoughts came to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, they should really try to push for that home advantage, especially them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, funnily enough, uh, because whenever you mention FC Cincinnati on Twitter, eighteen people immediately comment on it. Uh, Brian's co-host, another friend of the program, he's been on a couple times. Boston uh, follow-up question: Should they go all out for Louisville this weekend, or save the guys? I guess meaning their their you know ideal eleven for the uh, the Open Cup. He put final, which is incorrect. The semifinal on Tuesday. Um. I think you should start because I, I've now got, I see both sides and I, I think I'm going to take devil's advocate. Uh, does any, uh, Unless does you don't want to start because I have some I just, takes I here. I have some thoughts. There you go. I mean, I can go off first if – I can go off first and do my hot takes and then yeah, Phil, Ryan, you can, Ryan, you can go Ryan, after mine. Take, take the initiative. I say go after the Open Cup here. I mean, you know, one of the things that was brought up in the conversation was that these are 
two matches away, just hope beat Red Bulls and then go on the road and beat Sporting Kansas City at Children's Mercy Park and you win your first silverware as a club, you get the payout bonus, which I'm drawing a blank on how much it is, and you get a berth in CONCACAF Champions League, and all you need are 180 minutes, maybe more if you go into extra time. And that's all you need, and you can have a trophy in hand in the playoffs. And this, I mean, maybe it's a tougher question if they were currently in 10th and sitting outside a playoff spot, but they're still in 6th place, and if you're looking at the current table well, right now, they have a four-point advantage over New York Red Bulls in eighth. In fact, a six-point advantage over Orlando City B in ninth. Having lost one match, if it, that so happens against Louisville this weekend, and isn't going to kill their chances, and I still believe they're one of the sides that have kind of pretty much set their spot for the playoffs with Bethlehem and being down beneath them at their basically the top seven is pretty much set. And remember last time they came into Louisville, they actually walked away yeah. with a win. And you know there, what? I said I had devil's advocate and I, I meant to save so my arguments because I think they're the same ones, to be honest with you. I, I kind of screwed that up. But but yeah, I mean, shouldn't you try to get at home when you've got Louisville on the horizon? You don't want to play them in that baseball field. Um, I know they won last time, but it's such All a right. risk when it's your rival and you're on that field you lost last year so you've got that hanging over your heads um not to mention let's say the obvious that you know you were hinting at this earlier that gb's not going to be in that open cup semifinal. so i mean i hate to say it yeah you still have danny koenig that can play Andrew Weidman on the defense and still Mitch Hildebrandt and goal if he has another New York struggling match like he did but they're figuring Chicago, it out they're figuring it out Clashen has been getting assists like crazy and that's against right MLS you New York know, struggling opposition. behind them so, or not struggling um, compared to it's, it's risky Chicago, to put all you got so. against them I, I understand the the temptation to do that but mm. I guess the devil's art advocate argument is that uh, you may not have much of a chance anyway which is it's just something to consider. Yeah. Hey. Well, if you have, well, basically uh, to use a metaphor here, I don't have much of a chance to win the lottery, but people still play. Why not play for it all? Um, I I have I have a, a few thoughts that are a little less optimistic. Um. Phil, you just mentioned it. One, GB Fall is not playing in the semifinal of the U.S. Open Cup, which is fine. I get it. They have other guys that can score goals. GB Fall has been like all of their offense in the Open Cup. Um, and the other thing, well, there's two. I guess the other one as it relates to the Open Cup. The Bailey is a very good supporters section. They're fantastic. Actually, that whole stadium is great. You'll have home field advantage for, for the semifinal. You might beat Red Bull. I don't, I don't think you're going to beat Red Bull, but you might beat Red Bull. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. And also, this match is on August 15th, next Tuesday, from when we were yes. recording this on fr- Friday night. Friday, August yep. 11th. Um, however, the Western, the, the, the Western mm-hmm. Conference matchup was Sporting yeah. Kansas City and the San Jose Earthquakes, in that if the Earthquakes won, you'd host, which, you know, 
That would have been your best case scenario. Uh, Sporting Kansas they City. They did. Right, the penalties, but Sporting Kansas City win. Phil, do you guys know who, who has a really good supporter section too? Sporting yeah, Kansas City. They have a really good supporter section. Their tickets section. sold out in 120 seconds. They sold out in two minutes. They don't. Listen, listen. It's great. I get it. They don't mess around. Don't sell out for the Open Cup. Jesus Christ, don't sell out for That's the Open true. Cup. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. It, it, no way. F-bomb. Dom Dwyer is going to have a field day with your defense, and you will die. Dom Dwyer is not sporting anymore. Fuck. Her butt. I, <laughs> He's down in Orlando. He's down wow. in Orlando. Uh, I wonder, oh, I wonder if they would do better against sporting than they would against Red Bull. The All-Star game, but Maybe not with Cincinnati the now has to go through Blue Howell right. to get to the Open Cup title. Right, and they're not going to. And... Mm. Yeah. No. Nah. I don't know. I, I think I think so I true. think Vermees is his side is more disciplined than Red Bull even. Defensively especially, because those guys like Beesler, Sinovic, and, and Oparo have played with each other forever now. Um and, and then the other thing when it comes to the league, and this is where I focus on the league, you guys have played twenty two games, which is the most out of all the playoff teams. There's Tampa and Charleston have played the same amount as you have, but um, Bethlehem, who's in seventh, is one point off of you guys, and they have 20. Rochester is four points above you, and they have 21. Louisville City's four points above you, and they've only played 19, and they have a goal differential that's plus six to yours. I don't think you're getting the home game. Sorry. And I don't think you're going to beat Charleston or Charlotte if you finish 7th, or even Tampa. Also, Sporting Kansas City is 4th in the Sporting Shield race, 1st yeah. in the You're, you're not playing a bad MLS seven, team. And New York Red Bulls are 5th in the Sporting Shield race, currently 4th in the Eastern Conference at 35 points. So, Although they did knock off Chicago, who's 2nd in both completely East agree. and Sporting Shield at 41, only to Toronto at 44. Devil, Devil's Advocate is... Take your money. Well done. Well done first. Well done. No one expected you to do this. You did it. This has been amazing for, for USL, for Cincinnati as a club, for, the record for your MLS bid, for your stadium, for your city. You know, absolutely flooding talk radio in, in Cincinnati with calls about the club, everything like that. Awesome job. Take your payout from U.S. soccer and focus on the league because, yeah, you, you might beat Red yep. Bull. You're not going to get through blue hell make sure you get a decent playoff spot and a matchup that you can win. Because last year you looked really good too and you lost to Louisville. Charleston. Charleston. 6-3. Or it was a 6-3 matchup. They were the mm. three seed. They lost to Charleston. Six but let's, in the can, playoffs. I, can I rant about this so, just you know, real quick? Let's end on a positive make note. Make the playoff matchup just because, a little bit better. Um, and, you know, and, we, you know Take your, this take is your a US big one. We just everyone. If if you're not um, listening to Cincy Soccer Talk, yeah. um, then you need to hear yeah, these yeah, things. That this is the best sure. thing that's happened to Cincinnati I mean, we got other since questions, 1990 yeah. something. That the Reds had a good season. Okay. Yeah, for goodness' sake. Okay, th- and it's a s- Division Two soccer team playing everyone in the country as a um, city, including you know obviously MLS since when the Reds as won well the as MLS series. is doing compared to old MLS. This is a huge deal for Cincinnati, the city. And for the sake of all of us in division two, right. make us proud. You know, like I am rooting for Cincinnati to win. If we go to Cincinnati, yep. I'm not, 
But in this case, I am so excited to root for Cincinnati. They get, and how smart of mm-hmm. it of them, or or maybe yeah. it was it was just and they've already to be done this that. way happenstance. But how good is it to use their strategy of getting, you know, right. a target striker like GV who can do all the things that he does to make that your strategy in an open cup run? I'd like to just say that because you look at Tampa Bay Rowdies, you look at especially St. Louis, you look at teams that want to possess the ball and play pretty soccer, you're not going to overcome these MLS squads. But but Cincinnati stands a chance, especially with someone like GV. I know they're going to be missing him, and maybe some magic can happen anyway, but to, you can make a good open run, uh, open cup run with a guy like him because you're just tossing that ball up there, and, and he can get to it, and he can beat uh, two and even three defenders, MLS defenders. So uh, we've seen it. Props to Cincinnati for everything they've done. They should be proud, and I truly hope, despite what we all just said, that they go for it and maybe make us all proud in Division Two. There's my rant, and thank you. Um, I mean, I will say, and I, two I've matches said it away, if they get Concacaf Champions League, they could be against Liga Max sides. Um, yeah, I've uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've said it on Twitter a bunch. Uh, the people that don't think that soccer has caught on, or is honestly is the biggest thing going in Cincinnati right now, are being mm-hmm. like willfully ignorant and need to stop immediately. Um, because it's, it's ridiculous to even consider thinking that. Um, so, so good on Cincinnati. Uh, Hey guys, uh, Harry asked us a question, uh, and then we're, we're going to do some, some not soccer related ones, which should be interesting. Uh, at Ram and Cole on Twitter. Uh, oh, by the way, let me shout out Boston and Brian real quick. Uh, at Brian Weigel on Twitter, it's W E I G E L and it's Brian with a Y. And then um, at Boston Keith on Twitter, you can also follow those guys at Cincy Soccer Talk to, to, for everything about that podcast, which is phenomenal. Um, and then Harry at Ram and Cole, R-A-M-I-N-C-O-L. Uh, his question, which is pertinent, uh, what team that is outside of the playoff window do you As see making a run and one that can drop standings. out of playoffs? Uh, <laughs> again, a, uh, an interesting question. Who wants to kind of chew on this one first? I, so I, here, I'll, I, I've been looking at them, so I'll kind of I'll talk about my... Uh, I'm pulling up the Eastern Conference strength of schedule points projections, which I there you go. first one published of the season with Indomitable City Soccer. So Currently, right now, it would actually have St. Louis as the best spot huh. at getting into the playoffs outside of the Eastern Conference, and New York Red Bulls dropping down. I think pretty much the top seven, you're pretty much set there. And eighth place, New York Red Bulls is going to be the only, eighth is going to be the only position currently in flux. Yep. And, and I think it's going to benefit St. Louis most that they have matches in hand, in hand over the rest of the conference, save for Ottawa, where they only have like a match in mm-hmm. hand over that side. That they have more to play left. They have more left to play. I think they can nab that a spot. So, um, I think Red Bull are out. I, and and I, you know part of it is that they played twenty two games, which is kind of the the where everyone's at right now in terms of the most played. Uh, their goal differential is negative nine, which is gross. 
And I, I think that's going to be the biggest reason that they're not going to make the playoffs. Because if anyone catches them in points, which looking at it, Orlando City B's got a game in hand and they're two points off. Ottawa's got three in Wins hand and they're, the second they're three points. What's that? Wins would be the second tiebreaker, then goal difference. Okay, huh. It's so weird. it's points, I, wins, I and goal difference. Okay. shit. Yeah, I, I don't agree with it, but it's Wentz would be second. I completely. I I think we really shouldn't overlook Orlando City B. I completely agree with Ryan. But if it's, I, but if it's really even care about wait, what is the tiebreaker at all, because but Orlando if it's wins, City, then they gotta I think, get is just looks which, I mean, the best consistently. You know, you know, looking at the standings, they got five draws in their last five games, um, but but they don't have games where they look terrible. Whereas New York Red Bulls yeah. do, um, Orlando City is kind of steady, and and I think they can turn yeah. that into a, a war Six of attrition of making it Six into the Six straight playoffs. draws. No, yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking honestly, the same thing. They, if they look, look back on good this a for a few games in a row, I, I do think they're good, like stuff, second on my list to make it up good. into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. They have... Yep, yep. Only 19 games played. They have six wins, which is big, because the yeah. teams in that area have eight. And their goal differential is a one right now, which is, which is as I said, way... It's actually the same as Bethlehem. It's way more than Red Bull. Um, so in terms of, like, teams... I, I think, really, what this is, this, what this is turning into is teams on the outside that have the easiest path to the tiebreakers. Right? Because I get Orlando City, they're really consistent, they can get hot quick, they have 25 points, which is nice because Red Bull have 27, but they have five wins. Hmm. Which is... which is. Orlando City B also has only one win at home. Right. The only other team to do that is Portland, and they are by far the worst team yeah. in the USL, with only nine points in the yeah. West. Um, I, I think I think Richmond's done. I think Toronto's done. I think Harrisburg's done. Other than that, I think you can you can make a case for anybody except the Hounds, probably, just because they have twenty two games, five wins, and mm. negative six. Um, I like it. And then uh, I will say bold prediction: it goes to the final day. It, it will not be wrapped up. In the no, I don't proceeding. think so. The eighth spot will be chosen on the It'll final be, day. Well. And it's funny because Orlando City is going to be back in that position. It was a great again. question. Can uh, I say one thing about St. So, Louis before we finish? Um, in that, Harry always, that always historically, uh, Precky does better at questions. the end of the season. You always come up with ones that are really so hard. If there's anything okay to be with. said, if there's um, one good thing to be said, it, 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 possibly good thing to be yeah. said about St. Louis, yeah, yeah, it's that they made some good moves and that they finish well under sure. Precky. That's the best chance they have is if they figure it out suddenly. I could see a run happening, not just like minor victories like them crushing for a little while. Um, I think that's very well, unlikely, but I think it is a possibility. Yeah. Yep. I will say with Octavio Guzman, Ivan Mirkovic, they have Same a lot thing of happened with Chivas. Sacramento when uh, they when did go on Chivas, a run at the so, end of the year that yep. eventually led them to the 2014 USL title from the mm. second seed where they beat Harrisburg in the final. They beat Wilmington on the way there. <laughs> hey, Chivas. Much love. 
Uh, final question of the night. It is not soccer related. I laughed really hard when I saw it. Steven C. Brandt at Yellow Card SCB. If you can... <laughs> we, uh... You know what? I, I, I put out a tweet. I said, it doesn't have to be soccer related. And Steven... Apparently, you are intimately familiar with the type of humor that I enjoy, and you just went way off the deep end. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> no, mine, Steven mine would like to know. Really, like, I knew exactly tree, what I was going to pick because I almost got a tattoo of a tree Phil, that I know you're I've wavy, just always absolutely loved. And I don't know if it describes me as a person, but I'm in love with live oaks. You guys know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Live oaks, especially down in New Orleans. You see them a lot, but all through the South. I just, they're... Yes. They're beautiful, large, gangly, crazy trees. Yeah, I got They you. can be gorgeous. They can be weird looking. Either way, uh, they're really cool looking trees. That's my answer. Yeah, you know, they're pretty wavy. Pretty wavy. Yeah. Phil, would you say they're the waviest trees? Okay. Right on, right on. Ryan, uh, if, if you, friend, could be a tree, what tree would you be? <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at a list of 50 trees right now, and I... Man, just, listen, you gotta come... I'm at a loss, I guess. I mean, a palm tree is pretty cool, <laughs> mainly because I live that in a coastal yeah, it's city. Yeah, it's a very Carolinian answer. A sassafras, it mm. seems like a decently cool name mm. for a tree. Yeah, I will say I do admire no. the people... I will say, at least during the holidays, I do admire the people who, who, like, I'm always curious, like, once the earliest people toss out their Christmas trees after the holiday, and I think the best one was on the night of December 25th, I already saw a tree by the curb. So are you saying, are you saying that you'd be a a discarded Christmas tree? Because that's really depressing. Ryan, we, Phil and I love you as as a person. Palm tree, palm tree. That would be my answer. I'm searching. Don't do do anything irrational, please. If you're having problems, you can, you can. I'm just saying I admire the efficiency of people discarding Christmas trees on December 25th. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, um, I'll I'll send you the number to call after the show. Uh, Doing well right now. Now, Doing now, well. Stephen, I I did say that that you know you you are probably intimately familiar with the type of comedy that you like. But if I can make you even more proud of me, which would make one person, you know, ever, I immediately had a tree in mind as soon as you sent that question in, which is upsetting because I. <laughs> haven't thought about it much before this but i could have fooled you right um i don't have any friends someone please help me there we go it'll be eastern conference (laughs) confidential confessional the podcast where we talk about our problems and listen to the song vindicated for like eight hours lovely choice sir yes Uh, all right great great uh steven to answer your question i would be a dogwood uh any kind of dogwood but the, the the ones that have flowers are beautiful um thank you thank you thank you yeah, so dogwood. There you go. Um, guys, any anything else? Don't forget Brian Weigel's question. Bri- like the worst food in Eastern Conference. Bri- okay, listen, listen. And it, it is not Skyline Brian, Chili. Skyline Brian, Chili is good. I don't hate... It's not Skyline I, Chili. I, don't say Skyline I mean, Chili. Hold on. Brian, I don't hate... I, I hate Skyline Chili in like a, a way that people hated New Coke. 
in that I don't think it was bad. I, I just don't either. think you know anyone knew about it or has had first. They gave me the rundown when I was there, and I, and it I made have, sense to me because I'm from St. Louis. I have never so had skyline, skyline chili is like that late um, night thing you're craving. Great. It's like a White Castle, it's like that sort of thing, which I do. Okay, I, or like. Jack in the box tacos, like you, you're gonna get them when you're drunk and wasted, and you just need to fill that belly full of something so you're not hungover okay. in the morning. Right. And as a St. Louisan, I gotta finish this. As a St. Louisan, we yeah, yeah, all yeah. love to brag about our thin crust pizza with Prevel okay. cheese, and it's the same thing. Um, like it's absolute crap, I, uh, awesome food. No, I so yes. I think that's what people need to know going into it. And if they don't, they think it's terrible. Yes. Yes. All right, <laughs> so let me level here. But Skyline's not crap awesome food. It is just awesome um, food. Let me level. Native Ohio person speaking um, here. I live about an hour from a city where our claim to fame is Sylvester Stallone's breakout role in a movie and various combinations of Hot meat and cheese and cold meat and cheese. Perfect. I thought it was Benjamin Franklin. Well, no, well, okay. In a culinary sense, it's either hot meat with cheese, and sometimes it's not even cheese. Sometimes it's cheese byproduct out of a can, or cold meat and cheese. <laughs> um, so like you know, Philadelphia is not so. Also, by the way, don't go to Pat's or Gino's. They're not good. Um. We are not like you know the the epitome of of cuisine in the United States in Philadelphia. So I don't know, you know, Brian. I'm not gonna sit here and talk about how terrible Skyline. I, you know what? On paper, here's what it is. On paper, it freaks me out. That's what it is. And I don't drink. Just kidding. Just kidding. I do. Uh, you know. So I, I understand the whole you know late night craving kind of thing, but I, you know, I just can't do it. Brian, let me, I'll, I'll level with you. If if Cincinnati. <laughs> Finishes above Bethlehem. No, nah, man, the they can send it to you. I'm they can send it this. to you. I'll make you know myself what? skyline if, chili. Someone send me a recipe. No, nope, that's what's it. gonna happen. I need you to. I don't agree know to this. if I can do that. If like, that I don't happens, know if be like, I'm gonna pay to for them to package it up. Good. Skyline chili and some dry I see, ice. But I don't, that freaks me out even harder. Because I don't know where that's been. all right. All right, here it is. Here it is. Since you. Cincy Soccer Talk, guys, if, if there is a that. like legitimate <laughs> logistical way that you can get Skyline Chili proper to me here. Fly you over to Cincinnati. <laughs> outside of that, um, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to make anyone, you know. I know they're making big bucks with the attendance and everything, but like, what I don't. you're not you know, the one playing like for it? Um, I'll do it. it has. I'll do it. There we go. So, Cincinnati, all you have to do, finish above Bethlehem in the standings, and uh, I'll eat some Skyline Chili. The gauntlet has been thrown, guys. For that, we when need to go to cup? probably no. to Tab, uh, or maybe it'll I'll be. I'll eat in it out of the open. Do they get to hold on to it for the whole year? I don't know how we're going to make that work. We I don't do think do they're going to like that very much. U.S. soccer, but that's fine. I don't. I hope so. I would believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does every team? Does every player on the team get a date? The good news is they can drink from it. Well, it only take. Maybe cup action, but it like has to be during the season. There so they all go. just kind of take it to practice. Did you hear about the uh, Kingston Stockade? Oh. They won the cup in their conference Guy, this year. Yeah, 
and it's one person in the movie really eat out of it's not a cup the Stanley Cup trophy yeah he was really disappointed when he got it so you know. He said you could somehow like put something okay. on it and eat something oh, from it, but you couldn't actually dr- like drink from it, per se. So it's not a cup. It's not like something you can have your kid baptized yeah. in. That's probably top top shelf. Like that's the best thing you can do from it. Yeah. What What if they like leveled a Twinkie off on it and then just kind of ate that? You know, like. Well. 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 Then again, though. Mm, biggest tournament in the world the world cup trophy is not a cup so <laughs> melt it probably you know i i'm not it's i'm not unconvinced that you can't hot pot it though either or like turn it into a skillet or like a waffle <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about melting down the world cup trophy fuck it you know some people just like to watch the purposes. world in the <laughs> um, Since guys, we should probably uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, Let's make it happen. Does anyone have anything else to say before we uh, we leave on the note of me melting the World Cup down and turning it into a waffle iron? <laughs> All right, yes, sir. There. All right. There we go. Right. I, I'd appreciate it. Nothing left to add. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Good luck against New York Red Bulls. See you in Kansas City. Choke it in the league, though, boys. Choke it in the league. <laughs> Uh, you can you can follow this podcast at ECC Pod. You can follow the network of podcasts that we belong to, which is the Beautiful Game Network of podcasts at BGNFM. Uh, also, if you'd like to listen to this podcast, pretty much right before it goes live everywhere else, which is like Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, um, BGN.FM is the website to do that at. You can just play it; it'll uh, it'll keep the window open for you. You can download it from there. All that fun stuff. Uh, if you're listening to this by now, you know how that works. So you know. Thank you. Um, you can follow yep. uh, uh, the waviest man in, in St. Louis at STL Soccer Report for like super soccer things. Uh, at Phil with, with two L's, right? In, in your handle. Uh, Grooms, G R O O M S. And then you can, you can follow the, uh, the USL Stats Department, who we call Ryan Allen. Um, he's a robot. At ILM underscore Ryan. It's the <laughs> airport code for Wilmington. Ah, it's not going to. Uh, Ryan also writes at Indomitable City Soccer, which is uh, which is some good stuff. SB Nation site for for Sacramento Republic, but he does some Eastern Conference USL stuff. It's where he pulled the stats about points and stuff earlier. Uh, he does that every week. It's stupid. It's, it's really good, and people like doing it. I don't understand. You can follow me. Math is fun. You can follow me at Valella. It's Vias Victor. I L L E L L A B S F C. Or uh, I write over on Brotherly Game. Uh, hi, Gene. Hi, Matt, Ralph, Doug, Trey, Pat, uh, Jordan. Uh, you know, John. Everybody over there. Hi, guys. How you doing? I don't shout out everybody enough. I, uh, you know, Chris. I got it. Other Chris. There we go. Um, at Brotherly Game for all your your, your writing on my end. And uh, this has been episode twenty five. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you've enjoyed. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon.